So I want writers who have their own experience. So for instance, for analytics topics. Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, good people. Welcome to our show. Hello, bad people. Welcome to our show. Hello, anyone who want to learn more about technical content. Welcome. Today we're going to discuss a lot more about that because content is king. If you can't create quality, you can't win customers. You can't get results. You can't get anything. I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Branka Kral. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Thank you very much for this intro. I also really like the video intro. That was legit. That makes me look uh, like I've been places. Yeah, let me confess. I didn't create this promo. I have an amazing team. <laughs> I usually tell them, please create an intro for my podcast, concise and creative. Because, you know, most people come to this podcast to learn. They want to get the basic, but we need to have some small, short, interesting intro. And uh, it's it's cool to have great people in your team because I don't need to spend so much time to explain what I need to get. Uh, basically, these people can read my mind <laughs> to understand what they want to get, and it works well. Uh, Branko, before we start, just tell more about yourself, experience, background, and anything that can help our listeners to learn more about you. So, my name is Branko. I come from Slovakia. I live in California, now a part of the year. Used to be full-time for several years. Now I split time between Slovakia and California, mountain towns. Uh, recently, this year, I sold off my content agency, or at least most of it. I still own the domain and a little bit of the website, which I'm hoping to now bundle into this position that I should be getting hired for very soon, where they would buy the domain and we would uh, use it as a as a part of what I'll be working on for them. Um, I also have a background in more of the technical aspects of SEO. I've, I work a lot with content. I'm a linguist and to me, marketing is doing language at scale. And I love geeking out on content. I get a lot of my state of flow there. But I also love geeking out on the technical aspects of SEO and SEO strategy and structure and analytics. Analytics has always been the differentiator on um, of the services that I've provided or that my teams have provided. Um, what else would I tell you? Um, I also have done quite a lot of different community work with co-working spaces, first responding and, and such. Mm -hmm. Nice. Awesome. Amazing. Amazing experience. Uh, Branko, can you tell about your services more? You know, today we have million marketers, SEO specialists, agencies, freelancers, and all of them can provide such services. Can you tell why you are different? Uh, what are the main benefits you can have and can help better to your customers than a million other agencies <laughs> yeah well um i think that's not too hard because there's so many crappy agencies out there uh right there's a lot of good ones and after like two weeks of working with an agency you'll know which is which um uh, but um i think my biggest strength as a person in in marketing is how i understand language um i'm fluent in four languages and I'm conversational in four or five more it's a and so I've spent a lot of my life thinking about how to say something uh, from when I was very little to people who um, to people whose language I didn't speak perfectly but I still needed to convey something I've also spent a lot of my life trying to understand things when I didn't know the language perfectly and I've spent a lot of my life working with teams and building teams, running teams with international people. That's one of my strengths in how I run things. I always wanted to be remote part because I didn't want to be hiring people locally or not like I'm against it, but I don't want to be limited to a local market. Even if you're in the Bay Area, I'm uh, geographically close to the Bay Area right now, or if I'm in the greater LA area or in New York, what have you, whatever, I don't care, you're gonna be limited. Um, if I can hire globally, I can look for the best person. And I don't care so much about where they work. Um, 
And in working with people from so many different backgrounds, you have to make it super, super clear what you want. So a lot of the feedback I get from people who work for me is that I do that well. Uh, so as I'm bragging here, I would mention that as, as a strength. Um, knowing how to make it very clear to people with different backgrounds uh, what's important and what assets they can use and everything that they need to be enabled um, and the common goal and uh, and how do we measure success and such, what standards are expected. So that, that and that too is like it's like a language skill really, right? And it blends with people skills, but then language is a people skill. Um, so it doesn't sound very technical. And when you do add technical parts to it, like uh, actually doing custom reporting uh, for you specifically, so there's nothing you don't need and you don't need to deal with the GA4 mess. You don't need to build everything from scratch and amplitude. Uh, you can just go to our Luca Studio report and every chart is going to be 100% relevant to you. Uh, and we're going to give you, or, or I'm going to write down manual notes on um, what I'm highlighting about what I see, why I think it's happening and what I want to do about it. And then what, what do I expect from that action? So that helps a lot as well. Um, so that's been uh, my combination there. And I think we'll get more into the content and more details about content. And I find that it's super, super important to stand out with content. And I'm sure whoever is listening is not hearing this for the first time. So we'll get more into that today, I believe. Yeah, nice. Awesome. Love it. Full languages, man. Yeah, uh, I have a dream to learn uh, Spanish. Uh, and yeah, it will be my uh, the full language. But uh, yeah, number four. But, you know, I still have so many things to do in three languages that <laughs> I know, uh, especially in English. <laughs> yeah. What are your three? Uh, Russian, Ukrainian, and yeah, English. I, I keep learning English and uh, I stop. You know, it's interesting when i promoted my ukrainian agency we got great results in ukrainian market we got like the number seven position in the russian market uh, number 15. Uh, of course we quit russian market today because of this war because of the situation but anyway uh, when i started to uh, extend globally to english-speaking countries i got it <laughs> you know I don't want to be mediocre uh, on this field. So that is why uh, if I started to, if I choose to learn Spanish, then I can neglect uh, uh, my English skills. That is why right now I pay attention <laughs> to improve oh, yeah. what, what I have. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. and mm -hmm. yeah, go ahead. Want to say something? Yeah, I think English is so useful that it's one of those skills, kind of like math and driving, where. Mm -hmm it uh, improves your life a lot if you're great at it instead of just good which you are great at it and i think if you get better make sure to keep your accent because i find that a lot of people in the us think it's cool <laughs> and uh, and uh, and uh, i think as long as you enunciate clearly and you can convey complex thoughts um and you can find uh, a variety of words for one thing uh, you will be great. I think you could only maybe just get a little better than you are now. Have you lived in an English-speaking country? Uh, right now, I'm in Florida, so uh, <laughs> I live here. <laughs> but there's also maybe why I want to learn Spanish, because there's so much Spanish in Florida. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, but um, I like to to have time to rest my time in Dominican Republic in spain so i love uh spanish countries i like this culture uh, that is why uh, i i have this dream to start learning spanish but uh, right now i understand uh, so many things to do in english language so <laughs> that is why i can neglect spanish we'll see in the future uh, if i find this time but right now many priorities what i can complete yeah. here yeah. You also have different goals there, right? And this reminds me of different goals in marketing mixes and channel mixes, marketing strategies, where you decide what you want to be great at and where you want to go deep. And then you can still do other things as long as those are okay to be done in a smaller way. So like if you have a specific goal for that, you want to be able to 
have a very simple conversation and get by on the street uh, with Spanish and maybe have enough Spanish skills to where if you mix Spanish and English, you can get by in the Dominican Republic, um, then that's enough and it doesn't have to be a stressful goal. Where, whereas for English, you want to go deeper and deeper, right? And I find that like, in content, this works really well as, as well, especially if you're starting something new and you're just experimenting. Um, you don't always have to go super deep into everything because you do need to triage your resources. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nice, nice, valuable. Okay, Branko, let's talk about uh, creating content. Uh, in 2008, I started my digital journey. And uh, at that time, I hired jack of all trades. Basically, I hired people who uh, could write content, submit content, promote content. Um, that was simple because competition was low. It's not because we could game the system. We, of course, we, we game. Uh, Google, Google was not smart as we have today. And uh, uh, we created a lot of content for search engines. I bought more backlinks than my competitors had. Uh, but things change a lot many times. I think uh, I switched all my attention in 2012 when the first penguin was released, <laughs> Google uh, filter. Uh, and uh, then I pay only attention to Whitehead SEO to create content for human being. Uh, and I know it's hard. It's not like many years ago when you can have one specialist who can do everything. Today, I have uh, specialists who can find topics, uh, specialists, who, uh, writers who can write, editors who can edit, <laughs> uh, who can uh, submit content managers, uh, design, development, promotion. And you mentioned you are good with building teams. Can you tell your methods how to hire the right people? It's not simple, uh, but you work globally, so you can find people everywhere. I, I like the strategy because I cooperate um, and hire people at many countries, including the US, Ukraine, India. Uh, I, I don't care about the country as well, because I know if I care about your skills, knowledge, uh, what you can bring to the table. So tell your methods how to build the right team. You mentioned uh, who can create great content. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, it's a big question. There's a lot to say. Let me think about what to focus on in this answer. Uh, I'll recap the first principle that if you have a global market and you can just pick the best person for the job, that is great. Um, one other thing that I've learned is the, it's kind of harsh and it's very, very American. And that's that you don't want to keep a person for too long if they're not working out because it's even just better for them to move on and do something where they're going to thrive if they're not thriving in that position. Now, at the same time, uh, I've had people who were great. You know, they were great humans, honest, and they were fast and they were thorough. For me, being thorough and having focus on detail is one of the most important things on my teams. And so I've had someone who was supposed to work as an editor and it wasn't working great. So then we made him into a content manager because he was super organized and structured. He had a lot of connections in the industry. He's seen content production in a lot of companies, uh, especially agencies. And he just wasn't working out with editing. Like the way he was working with language just wasn't what I needed. But I felt like I should keep him around because he was great at a lot of things. So we changed the position for him. And I've actually heard of that uh, done very successfully by other agencies as well where you don't try and force a position, you manage it more around the person. Once you know you want that person, you can you can uh, uh, be flexible and uh, find them a new place on the team. Um, I also find that you know a lot of agencies work with freelancers. And so one other concept I have is that you want to try and make everybody as busy as possible. And I don't mean to make it work over time, but more like instead of giving a lot of people a little bit to do, focusing on fewer people that have more to do. So smaller teams, but more engagement is always better. And maybe it'll curb your resources at first, but really those people are then going to be super engaged. I also think that one super, super important thing is making it very clear to anyone, no matter what their first language is, what they need to do. You need to write 
not like for you know like when you read uh, american how-tos for writing they often tell you you need to write for the third grader or something or eighth grader i don't i don't believe in that but i believe in that there has to be zero ambiguity in what you write uh and it has to be something that everybody in, with any language background will understand the same way anybody in any mood that day any any position seniority will understand those words the same way so that there will be no more discussion that's a big huge part of how we're efficient now also if you're working global like this you're working across a lot of different time zones on my slack on the project that i was just working on before i logged into this i have people in six time zones and so it's very important to work async of course you can have regular meetings i think everybody knows how to do that but i am i'm a heavy uh loom user for asynchronously made videos and trello user so our routine is that trello is the source of truth i also love trello because there's less to click on i don't like asana or ClickUp very much and i think they're great but Trello is simpler and you can still make it robust with add-ons if you want um, and some custom ways to use it. But Trello is our project management and the source of truth that's really easy for everyone to pick up. I can train someone on how we use Trello in 10 minutes and I tend to keep it that way because that's super important. There's no mistakes down there. Uh, Slack is for real-time communication and then Google Drive and Google Docs are for collaboration. And loom is for explainers that explain that replace meetings and now mm -hmm. loom has an ai suite that gives you summaries and recaps and auto-generated headlines and it's even quicker to use and you can trim videos real quick like it's i really really like where the company's going and a friend of mine's working there and she just loves working there too but so mainly uh i i get a lot of feedback from my team members on how the looms help them with what they need because you can be really good at writing and uh, writing for your team is a good way to practice writing, uh, especially in that international context. But I find that Loom is is uh, what you need many times because you need to share the screen and you need to actually speak to it a little bit the way you would. But then I don't actually always need to get their response. Therefore, I don't need a meeting. Like I don't actually always need input from the team member at that moment. I just need them to know certain things that the client told me or like if it's for my own website, which is neglected right now, but uh, about to get better. Uh, it's just that I need to tell someone and then their response should be their work uh, and that all can be done async, right? Mm -hmm. um, so those have been some principles and um, I have a, I could speak to hiring, uh, hiring content writers. I have a way for that that I found to work well. Do you want me to share about that? Uh, yeah, yeah. I want to ask about writing because for me, writing is the most important element of website content. Uh, and without great writing, you can't get results. For example, um, if we, we check Wikipedia or Investopedia, uh, these websites neglect nice looking design, but they have great writing <laughs> to uh, get this crazy traffic. And uh, uh, I have a few projects to compete with Investopedia as well. And uh, um, we pay more attention to quality of the writing than uh, nice looking design. And I want to ask about that because I changed my strategy uh, a lot on this field uh, because of this. EEAT, Expertise, Experience, Authority, Trust parameter that Google launched. Uh, and at that time, I remember we promoted weight loss supplements, many big websites and competed with billion dollar brands, you know, big companies. Because if you check in the top 10 results, any keyword with weight loss, you can find big brands like Shakeology, you know, uh, big companies because this niche is overwhelmed and overpriced. And we changed our strategy. Uh, our writing because before this algorithm I cooperated with great writers today I cooperate with great experts who know the topic for example if you ask me to write anything about weight loss I can't 
I can't create great content. Yes, I, I lost 25 pounds in my life, <laughs> but it's my personal experience. I can't teach others how to do it. Uh, by the way, the best way to drink water, guys. Uh, not pills, not shakes. <laughs> and uh, um, But if you ask me to write content about SEO, content marketing, digital marketing, I can because I work on this niche. And uh, I prefer to cooperate with experts. Can you tell how to find great writers? I mean, like, who knows the topic because of EEAT? And I think it's not only because of Google. Users, customers need it. Uh, customers need more content from doctors who have extended experience, like plus 15 years, then uh, from writers who just found content <laughs> and know how to treat you. It's stupid. So any tips about find, uh, finding these writers? Yeah, yeah, I think I have a lot of those. Um, so the first one is that you have to accept that it's not easy to find them. And it's not easy for someone to um, build the skill set to be a great writer with a subject matter expertise as well. And um, um, I've worked with dozens, like maybe 40, 50, 60 writers. Oh. And, uh, and how to manage them? It's a lot. No, ah, not, at, not at the same time for me, not at the same time. At the time, I, the, the biggest uh, it, that it got for me was maybe seven writers at a time. Mm -hmm. um, okay. But so I wanted to say that out of the several dozen that I've worked with, I would probably only continue working with five to 10. Uh, I think about a grading scale of zero to 10, where 10 is amazing. And nobody really is at 10, uh, me neither. Um, but, but I only want to work with writers who are eight or nine. And so they need to be very good with language. They need to understand how to write for marketing and for SEO. And they need a subject uh, subject area expertise. Now, they don't need to be an expert in it right away. They can also just be really good at figuring it out. So for instance, we have worked with a doctor from the Philippines who is an emergency room doctor. And she loves writing. And she used to live in the States. She's done her residency in Louisiana. And so um, she's also just a pleasure to work with, which is another huge, uh, important thing. She's on time and super reliable and loves cooperating with our designer who helps her with custom visuals and such. Um, and uh, she started working for us, writing for this dermatology blog. She's not a dermatologist, but she's a doctor and she has an interest in dermatology and she can look it up. So that part the interest, it helps the person with being able to figure out the topic. And so now we have these expert uh, articles on dermatology that come from a doctor and you can tell they come from a doctor but they don't come from a dermatologist and that's more than okay. Recently though, she started writing for us for a construction company because her family is a construction company family. And so she has access to firsthand information about how construction is done and then she can figure out the rest. So that's really, really important. I think also you don't want to expect too much and I'll use an analogy and I don't mean the quality shouldn't be high, I mean, you shouldn't put everything on the content writer. You should also know the difference between the copywriter and the content writer. The content writer is more of the content creator uh, for experts, uh, educational content. Um, and uh, the, my analogy is that when you go to the doctor today, we're taught to have unhealthy expectations of them. We're taught to kind of delegate our health to the doctor and they're responsible for our health, even though they can only do so much, right? They can give you a very good qualified opinion and guidance, but really, if you want to be in good health, you have to do 90% of the work. They help you a of little course. bit. Of course, 100%, uh, yeah. Uh, you, you cannot delegate health, but people do delegate health and then they're disappointed. And then they sue the doctor or they keep going to doctors without results because, you know, so the same thing for content writers, I build, a strong support network around them. So I do expect them to have an area of expertise. My biggest topics are uh, actually marketing technology and analytics technology um, and other, other B2B SaaS, <clears throat> a lot of MarTech and analytics tech. Uh, MarTech and health, I guess, are the two biggest. So for analytics, for instance, I need writers who understand it and the best ones are the ones that match the Google algorithm completely 
by having their own experience. Experience is a part of the algorithm. So I want writers who have their own experience. So for instance, for analytics topics, I want writers who have built up their own website. I want writers who have tried optimizing for conversions. Uh, I want writers who have taken the time to figure out UTM parameters. Like I want writers who have done marketing, technical marketing. And there are some of those and a lot of technical marketers, including me, love writing. Um, so you can find them. It's hard and they're going to be expensive, but they're going to be way worth the money. So once I find a person like that, I still actually set up a routine around collecting input from the subject matter expertise. If this is an agency setting, I ask straight up, up, up front before we start, before we sign, I ask for access to experts on their team. And one of the best marketing, technical marketing blogs that I've ever built is for an analytics implementation company, an analytics consulting company that has several experts who are willing to write. And so we either get internal documentation from them, maybe something they've used for training. It could be a write-up, it could be a video, or we have the writer prepare, do some research, and then we book a 30-minute interview with the subject matter expert. Once the writer is familiar, once we've done the keyword research and all that good stuff, we still interview the expert. And the draft, even the outline really doesn't start until we have interviewed the expert and until I'm sure that we have collected expert information. Uh, and again, the writer needs to be good enough to make great use of that expert information. Then the part of the support network for the content writer will also be uh, what I mentioned, the designer, because you want to have custom visuals. Maybe you want to have video. Maybe you want to have an explainer image. I'm not so much into infographics, but you can make one image regular size and make it into a diagram or put a um, legend on it to explain things. Uh, you can make screenshots, but then you want to take it a step further and you want to caption the screenshots too, right? Or you want to be very, very intentional about okay, if you're explaining a certain flow for how you implement different marketing technology tools or, I don't know, revenue operations tools. Uh, you can walk him step by step like his documentation, and then you can stand out and do it better than the billion dollar uh, the billion dollar companies would do, uh, because you're you're actually writing on first hand experience, and you can add an opinion. You can write about your own methodology. What I'm always trying to get to is something that AI couldn't write, uh, and something that's not published yet. I don't want to write another article about the best alternatives to uh, Google Analytics for, unless. I know something that other people don't know, and I have the ability to share first-hand experience that hasn't been shared yet. Um, so um, yeah, love it. I agree with that. And then oh, the editor, oh, and oh. then the editor and the content manager. Like there has to be a person who is managing the whole content flow of the whole project and the whole website, uh, and it's not the writer. So the writer can just focus on the individual piece of content. And then there's the editor, so that the writer has help from someone that they get along with who knows language and who knows writing, who, who doesn't need to get super deep into the topic, who can t look at it more from the eyes of the reader. It's just like when the reader comes to the article and reads it, they haven't done a ton of research on it. They're just reading this one article and the editor comes with the same perspective. And this is super useful to the writer to have someone who hasn't spent that same amount of time, who is not as deep in the weeds, who has a more objective uh, look and that, that helps a lot. And then you can, of course, use tools and AI to speed up a lot of everything I mentioned. Nice, valuable, valuable, love it. Uh, Branko, you mentioned two times about AI. I wanna ask more about this talk, yeah. you know, because the last time I speak with ChatGPT more often than with my wife, uh, <laughs> I ask a lot of questions. <laughs> I like this tool. <laughs> uh, and, you know, sometimes this tool, uh, yeah, of course, I use more professionally, like to create content, to edit content, and I edit a lot on ChatGPT. And uh, personally, I disagree with uh, someone when people can say that AI is not replacing uh, human beings. AI is replacing, uh, it's true, uh, if you don't adapt, if you have time to complain that AI will replace you. Because uh, in my company, 
we replaced some people with AI. And when I see LinkedIn posts uh, from marketing experts who can tell why people are firing because of AI, because AI can provide a better job. I will never fire people if I have options to pay less and get faster, much better job. Yeah, only because of that. And we added content on ChatGPT. I got mentions on CNN Business Insider because of editing on ChatGPT. Why I need to have editors who can't do the same job that uh, AI did. So uh, uh, I think uh, nothing is wrong with that if you fire people because of AI. And these people can adapt to think what they can change because it's technology. It's everywhere. You know, you need to think how you can use this tool uh, to win. Uh, and because most experts are excited about AI. Uh, if I speak with experts, they think how to adapt this technology, to how to increase productivity by using AI. So if you uh, are rejected because of AI, so it's time to learn about AI how, and think how you can improve your productivity. And Branka, I want to ask about uh, using AI in content creation. You mentioned two times about AI and uh, uh, many content creators complain that AI can't create something new. Yeah, of course AI can't because it's the best rewriting tool. Rewriting, not writing. And uh, But we still use it. Uh, can you tell your methods how to use AI? So you have content creators, writers, experts who can help you to create this content, but you use AI as well. So can you tell how to find this balance between manual job, between AI to get the great, to get great results? Yeah, yeah. Can I ask you a question back too? Because you, you made me interested. Uh, it sounds like editors would be some of the people you fired because of AI. Yeah, uh, I can explain why. Because other positions, what other positions? Like which and, job? And translators, translators. Because uh, uh, we uh, translate a lot of content for our clients in trading, investing niche. Uh, but um, you know, when you pay money to translators, it's really hard to check. The results of this job it's really hard because i don't speak these languages i i have no idea how to check japanese language but i can check results and when we got traffic after editing with ai from japanese uh, audience we got it it works it works so basically we use simple prompt please translate to J japan language i mean japanese language uh, by considering the culture of People in Japan, <laughs> no, so very simple, nothing special, just to consider people that they have different mentality and it works. AI can translate uh, and uh, how we usually check, for example, if we translate to uh, plus 30 languages, uh, we can translate to Russian and Ukrainian language because I'm fluent on this. I can check if I can correct results that means ai can translate to other languages as well and yeah yeah we got real great results we got great results with after editing with chat gpt when cnn mentioned your press release it means it's quality job <laughs> you know cnn have great editors if business insider can submit uh, mention about your press release it's quality it's because of chat gpt so uh, I advise editors and translators just think how to become from experts by using an AI because you know great writers can beat in one side my ass by using ChatGPT because they know how to analyze results. So uh, writers can write much better with AI because they know how to analyze what you get. Um, I see when content creators submit prompts like how to play guitar, how to lose weight. It doesn't work. You can find much better results on Google. You know? <laughs> so, uh, but if you know what quality means, then you can use AI. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. by sense. Yeah, I, I like how someone said that it's not AI that's going to take your job. It's going to be the person who uses AI. Right? Yeah. hundred oh, percent. Yeah. My like I, I, one of the mentions that I made of AI, in this conversation was uh, 
creating content that AI couldn't write. And so I think that's what continues to stand out. And I also think that's what always worked really well, even before we could think about AI in this way. Um, and that just means content based on your first-hand experience that nobody else has, plus opinion. So you focus on what AI wouldn't do. AI so far doesn't create knowledge. Um, knowledge is created by experience, right? And then describing the experience and passing on the experience. That's that's knowledge to me. You can also think about measuring stuff and such, and that's not fully experience, but I prefer focusing on experience. So uh, that's kind of how to beat AI, I guess. Now, how to use it, I, I like to think about it as how can we use it for scale. One of the best examples I've seen is something that I'm working on now is training AI on your brand guidelines so that they can edit for those, for how you capitalize letters, for how you use apo apostrophes or not, for um, the Oxford comma or not, for the length of sentences, for the tone, the the tedious stuff really, where it's also kind of a creative work. And if I wanted to personalize, it would have to be a great writer. And I can do really well at turning a piece of writing into something that's consistent with the rest of the, the blog. So there's one really good example. Um, I also really like all the tools that integrate AI automatically, like Loom, for instance, um, where I get auto summaries and they work really well. ClickUp does the same now. Um, so that's another one and they, and they actually work pretty well. Um, what I have bad experience using AI for is um, something that I thought it would be better at, like writing meta titles and descriptions, because it makes them sound like everybody else's. And by the time I give it enough prompting to make him sound like I want, I could just write it myself. Like it's kind of too short for how much time I put into the prompting. Maybe I just need to get better at prompting or training it. Then And then of course, all the plugins that you can get for AI, like if I can actually give the AI a PDF, uh, then that's amazing. And then I also really like it for shortening things where the text already exists and the thoughts already ex exist and the experience is already shared. And I just tell it, can you please make this shorter? And it does, and it does great. I also like it uh, for ideas and getting unstuck. So uh, I was applying to some senior leadership positions over the last few months. And uh, I get really annoyed when they ask for a cover letter because at that point, unless I have a connection, I don't even know if they're going to look at it. And if I have a connection in that company, they don't need a cover letter. So I think it's just super, uh, like it's, it's just ridiculous for anyone to ask for a cover letter for anything um, until maybe like a third round of an interview, maybe. And then at that point, you could do an audition. You could have them fill, fulfill a task instead of something generic. But anyway, I needed to write a cover letter and uh, I uh, had AI do it and it did really well and then I just edited it. So my overarching approach is to still have a person on it because AI for now doesn't have common sense. It's kind of like the weird kid and it makes up stuff more than we would like to think. So I actually expect my people now to use AI in writing and content creation and the same thing for images to speed it up and to make it more consistent. But I want that person on it. Like, so, so for translation, um, I actually took some time comparing Google Translate to ChatGPT. And I thought ChatGPT would be a lot better and it wasn't. It was better at certain uh, things, um, but not always better. And so if I use that for translation, I do want to have a person go through it and, uh, and check it. Um, I also find that uh, AI is still prone to giving the most generic responses. Uh, like it has to not say anything wrong. And sometimes like it would bard, it's super lengthy. And, um, uh, and so, yeah, the combination of human and AI is, is what I'm trying to leverage the most. I've also seen it used a lot for research and keyword ideas and, and, especially if you get into the API, which I haven't done. 
um, I don't have the skills for that now. I need to use help. Um, that that gets really good. Um, but again, combination of human and AI, I think, is where where the success is at right now, at least for yeah. me. Nice. I, I I like how you share. If you can't create something special, you can ignore it. <laughs> I mean, like uh, to write titles and descriptions, headlines. Yeah, uh, I agree. Uh, most people can use AI today to write titles, descriptions, you know, meta tags, and by using AI, because you can ask, just write it, and it's simple to get results and think. Um, but I like it <laughs> that you mentioned. If you feel it's generic, you can ignore it and write yourself. Cool. Uh, yeah. yeah, awesome, awesome. Because in marketing, if I, can, if I can share one more thing, sorry to interject. I think it's even more important to understand language now that we have AI. Mm-hmm. Kind of like if you are an engineer, you work with tools, and you really need to understand the tools and the technology behind them to use them really well. And here we're working with AI as this robust tool, language model, whatever we call that. And I think understanding language is getting even more valuable. Like being great at language has become even more valuable now that we have large language models. And I also find that for all of us working with uh, LLMs like ChatGPT and Bard and the new ones coming up, I think it's really important to understand the first principles of how they work, like how they actually add the next word. Uh, I've taken some time reading into that and it's super interesting. Uh, I don't read much about like, I don't know, the, the articles that sound like they're going to be out of date in a month when AI make, uh, gets better. Um, like, what do marketers use AI for this week? Like, I've read a lot of that. I have enough. I feel I just get enough inspiration from the community, the people I work with. But I've taken some time, set aside some dedicated time to learning the first principles. I pull rank, for instance. I pull rank uh, has really good content on that. And... Uh, I find that it's super, super understand to super important to understand language and how language is used in AI today. Nice. Yeah. Thank awesome. You for awesome. Letting me interject. Yeah, valuable. Um Branko, I wanna ask about the future. You know, uh for example, I think when I started my digital journey, I ignored content marketing because uh Google was not smart enough and ranked e-commerce content with uh, keywords uh, that have info info intent. Uh, But today, of course, yeah, we spend so much time to craft and write this blog posts. uh, And most traffic are coming to blog posts. Uh, uh, We use like sales funnel to get customers, to lead them in, in the sales funnel. But what we can see right now, Uh, I mean, like this tendency when Google decreases uh, the number of clicks because of feature snippets, because of paid marketing, because of many other elements that you can find in the top 10 results. Uh, ChatGPT can reply to some questions to steal content from content creators. So when we complain about Google uh, that still put the link to your website uh, by sharing your content, ChatGPT doesn't link to your content just to steal uh, content from content creators we can complain a lot more uh, it's uh, technology we need to consider to go ahead um, we have chatbots bart uh, uh, bing chat uh, google is going to launch search uh, generative experience and i'm not sure about the future uh, of content marketing because uh, this uh, chats AI can steal our content, repurpose, and this machine can be much smarter time to time. If today it's hard to create uh, something special in the future, I don't know, because it's only the beginning of this journey. Uh, And can you tell how to adapt today? Uh, In marketing, it's important to adapt whatever future will bring, whatever technologies will bring. We need to adapt to go ahead. Uh, we can use AI, we can use different methods, but we need to adapt. So tell what you are going to do to adapt if we have less clicks uh, and uh, how to get this traffic and sales uh, done. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
I've been focused on some of the things that I've been working already and just putting more focus into them. So for instance, I think the EEAT um, still works and is going to continue to work because it's based on things that AI cannot do. I think Google had a great foresight in that, you know, experience, your own experience, writing about that and authoritativeness um, and how much people trust you. You know, AI can have expertise more than anyone, but it doesn't have its own experience for now. Um, so that really works. And then uh, it's th there's some contradictions there because AI has led to more content being produced, but then the models that train AI need human-created content. So... I find that human-created content is going to be important even just because AI actually needs it, at least for now, for the foreseeable future. Um, and I also think that we should be even more picky about what we publish. Like I, like I, I we had a client my, last year when I still ran the agency that I sold off. Uh, they were also an analytics software and they had us create a lot of Me Too content. Like, what is the difference between ETL, <clears throat> ETL and reverse ETL? You know, if you look that up, there's 12 great articles about it. You, you don't need another one unless you, you describe a specific use case for it or methodology and such. So there needs to be a lot less Me Too content. And I don't think the return on investment on Me Too content is going to be there. I don't really think it's high today anyway, and I think it's going to get even smaller. Um, and uh, I think quantity is going to be less important than quality, even more so than now. And then you can think about the distribution channels. There's a lot of talk about how the uh, traditional SEO might not be the same. And I mean, I hope it isn't, right? Like when SEO went from optimizing for keywords to optimizing for topics, things got a lot better for everyone. And um, and I think that that's just a trend that's going to continue. And, and uh, I think SEOs may need to have a broader scope of distribution. And Reddit has been working great. And now there might be some changes soon, but uh, hopefully, hopefully not. And hopefully it keeps doing great because it's community-based, right? Again, it's something that AI couldn't easily replace. Uh, then you can think about distribution on other niche uh, platforms and also the channels that you own, like email, which is another thing that has been working for a long time. But again, you don't just write emails that send out links. You write emails that have value in themselves, even if the person doesn't click from an email to something else, or the email itself is super valuable to open and read. Um, so I guess to, to recap, I think there's a shift in how we distribute and the, and the minimum standards for quality and originality. Um, and I would also say consistency, because now we have AI as a tool that can improve consistency, for instance. Um, I also see, and this is comparing today to beginning of the year, that people are realizing that they want to be talking to people. And yeah, we have ChatGPT and and uh, high school kids can go to ChatGPT and have their assignments created by ChatGPT. But the same kids, the high school kids, um, go to TikTok to find answers because they want a real person with a real face giving them the answers. And that's yeah. as far from using AI to give you answers as possible. Like people actually want to see where the information is coming from. And many times that means they want to go to the blog with the experts with names. Other times that means they want to have a TikTok influencer tell them which which bar is uh, is popping tonight. Um, but I think there's something very deep about human nature where it's clear that humans like to deal with humans. And uh, I feel like human connection is getting even more important. And there might be something in the algorithms in the future that evaluates the connection that you're making. It's something like a combination of trust, engagement, 
and uh, intimacy, if I may. I don't know yet. Um, but uh, seeing how how much more valuable human connection is getting and, I don't know, spending time in nature. Um, I, I think we, being in this community of heavy AI users, might actually give a bit too much importance to what is going to change. And people who are not working in jobs that use AI, who are not interested in AI, don't care about AI, don't know much about AI, their lives, like the lives of 90% of people have not changed much with AI. They change a little bit indirectly because they use, I don't know, Facebook and algorithms that are based on AI and whatnot. But uh, I think for a long time, the lives of most people are not going to change that much, or at least not this year or next. And then I don't know what's going to happen next. And now I feel like I'm one of those people who's going to try and give predictions without really being qualified to do so. But um, I have seen a shift back to budgets on content production at this mm -hmm. spring and uh, spring and summer, uh, or especially summer, while in the winter of this year, uh, people were cutting budgets because they thought AI could just do it. And then they tried and it didn't quite work. They found out they needed a combination of human and AI and then the budgets came back. And I've seen the same in companies that create visual assets, even in gaming. I have a friend who runs a 30-person company uh, where he used to be the lead artist for concept art, and now he hires lead, uh, concept artists, and they use AI heavily, but it's also a heavy combination of human and AI. And it's more of a process improvement. It doesn't do the whole thing because it wasn't good enough. Um, I, I'll stop talking now. I think I, I think I said what I could. Yeah, nice. Awesome. Yeah, valuable. I agree. I like it. I like it. And you remind me one little man, my son, uh, when I usually tell him, please check on Google. And he opens TikTok <laughs> and search for information on TikTok. He doesn't use Google at all. Uh, but Not at he, all. Yeah. <laughs> he uses TikTok, only TikTok. He loves TikTok and find information, as you mentioned. <laughs> and youngsters, uh, new generations, yeah, they will jump to video formats. So we need to consider these formats as well, you know, because it's trending. <laughs> and Branko, I, I, I still have one question. I want to ask you because you mentioned about that. It's important for my audience, for me, myself, to know about keyword research. You mentioned that... Um, most content, no, I don't know about most, but uh, let's uh, call uh, the trend to search for topics, not keywords, because topics can consist of many keywords, but today keyword research tools are still so popular. Ahrefs, Moz, SEMrush, Serenkin, um, I don't know, Uber suggests, name them. A, a lot of great tools. Uh, we have uh, content optimization tools like Surfer SEO, Phrase, many great uh, optimization tools that can help to find keywords to add in your content, like in old school. Uh, and yeah, these tools are popular. Uh, and uh, what do you think when we get this switch from... Uh, keywords to topics because you know it's interesting in 2021 someone from pink i don't remember the name uh, told that keyword research will be obsolete in 2021 john Mueller denied john Mueller replied to this tweet that we still have a room for keyword research but in 2023 john Mueller himself said the same that <laughs> keyword research is obsolete and google can recognize uh user intent of your content and you need to pay attention to share value google teaches many years uh since 2000 <laughs> to create content for human being and uh, but it's popular can you tell uh do we need to use keyword research how to use it right uh, and i like you uh, that you mentioned you don't touch topics if you can't bring something new you know uh, so for example if you write about ga4 if you feel that existing content is great why you need to think about this topic uh, at least if you can share something about other features different way something new but 
let us know about your methods to find these topics or keyword research or combination, anything about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I do think keywords are going to live. I don't use them as heavily anymore, but it's more that we're using them differently. It's not like we're not using them. And I love using keyword research and just typing things into Google to see what keywords are coming up as a way to research the market. I can read people's minds about what words they use and how they express things. It's a pretty fun language exercise as well. Like, how do they say this? When they're looking for this, how do they say it? Or are they actually looking for this? Um, then, uh, you know, there's been a switch from keywords to topics, but also to search intent. And so let's say somebody, somebody types amplitude versus mixed panel, two product analytics tools, right? the intent can be vastly different and we mainly optimize for intent in in the in the content brief uh, templates that i give my team i made it more prominent uh, actually the most prominent thing right now is the intent um and then still the words because you i mean it's funny when someone says keywords are not going to be important because that's like if somebody was saying words are not going to be important and then what do we have left like do we just draw images to each other like uh no i mean keywords are just words they're not like they're not something extraordinary they're not specific to seo we just put a term on it but it's words it's sentences and of course you should never think about individual keywords and keyword stuffing but that's basic right it's not like john Mueller needs to tell me so i'm thinking they also bing and google often make claims that steer the community towards how they want us to make websites and they don't want us to over optimize for seo it's terrible for everyone and even people who are not seos can can tell that it feels weird reading an article when there's all these extra words and extra sections that they don't need and those articles can have low performance because people feel like skipping sections and maybe they even bounce and um and then going back to the the example of uh, mixed panel versus amplitude is the intent that they just want to purchase one of the tools? Is it that they already have the tools um, and they are trying to figure out how to use them together? Is it that mm, they just want to be able to use them better so they're looking for a use case walkthrough? Um, uh, do they just want to know the cost difference? Like what, what they're actually trying to accomplish? What is their intent or intention? Um, and uh, optimizing for that is really the focus but then you use keywords to help you I, I even think about how google and bing have especially google have made claims about backlinks and oh it's very very blurry about that because they don't want people to just buy backlinks they want people to primarily make great content and websites that are fast and uh, that have a very clear easy to understand structure so they because that's that's more about the experience of the person coming to Google and clicking on something, um, and it's also consistent with what gives a good experience to people clicking on an ad. So they say that, but I mean, companies that sell backlinks are doing really well today. And when you think about author authoritativeness and establishing uh, you as an entity, and Google has been talking a lot about entities. If you want to be an expert with a blog about I don't know, uh, dog food. I don't know. I just thought of that. Uh, you want to have other websites linking to you. I, it just it just needs to be better links than before. And I think that's the same as with keywords, right? It's not like it stopped working. You just need to do it better. You need to do it different. And maybe there's a new angle such as entities and intent, which is not even that new. You just put more focus in it. Um, and uh, I think when, it, when, it, when, you, when you mentioned the tools, I think the content optimization tools are more important today uh, because they are better about the intent. And so they're more important for the finished product. But then the keyword research tools, like you were mentioning, Ahrefs, SEMrush, uh, SE Ranking, Ubersuggest, I think you shouldn't really be starting uh, a content plan without those. And I, I find myself uh, being so, um, so I'm getting so much help uh, from uh, Samrush and Ahrefs that I actually end up using them a lot, even though it's a different workflow. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. Branka, it's a big pleasure to get on my show. I love this experience. Thanks a lot for your time, for sharing all these valuable bombs. Yeah. Uh, it's great to learn from you. Tell the best way how to keep learning from you, how to reach out to you, how to follow you. Yeah, yeah, it's on LinkedIn for sure. Luca Branco Crown LinkedIn. That's from the most active. That's where I prefer. And we can take mm-hmm. it from there. Nice, nice. Guys, you can find the link account in the LinkedIn uh, to LinkedIn in the description below. Listen to us on Apple, Google, Spotify. Thanks again, Branko. A big pleasure. I recommend to anyone to follow Branko on LinkedIn because I follow. I know it's valuable. And you need to do it as well if you want to become a great marketer. Okay, guys. Love you. See you. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.